God has given us his word for the year. It's a year of the emergence of what saviors. And this month is helping us to specify on providing solutions. Providing solutions. Providing solutions as a savior to the world. We know who a savior is. Someone that, you know, saves someone from something. Someone that prevents hurt from happening to someone that prevents danger or difficulty from happening to someone. Oh, he saved me from falling, you know. And we know the perfect example of a savior, that is Jesus, amen. He has saved us for something, from something so great, you know, from death, from the consequences of sin. He has saved us and it's a glorious thing to be thankful about. Say, Lord, I thank you for saving me. In the same vein, we are saviors. We are to follow in the example of Jesus and be the answer to the prayers of someone and be a blessing to somebody. And some people ask themselves, oh, what do I have to give? Every believer has something to give. You've been called to be a savior. You have something to give. If you feel you don't have something to give, then it's because you are not yet seeing it. So the word God has given us for this year, for this month, is shifting the focus from ourselves. It's shifting it to others. Amen. Amen. Providing solutions. Being saviors to the world. So you are not, the focus is not on you. And I tell you, when you focus on serving others, then the Lord settles you. Amen. In your, in your serving others is your dominion, is your rising. And that is what God is in, has intended for us this year. And I want us to see it that way. Before you, must, before you provide solutions, then you must have something to give. And I tell you, you have something to give. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. One very important thing that would help us as believers to be able to save others of course, you can minister to people, save others from hell by preaching to them. Amen. Do you need money to do that? Amen. That's the least you can do as a believer. Talk to someone about Jesus. I mean, you've saved that person's soul from hell. And that's the greatest thing or the greatest negative thing you can save someone from, from the consequences of sin. So after that, when you have that at the back of your mind, you know that you have something already. Saving someone from hell. Saving someone from, sin, um, from the consequences of sin. So there are many other things in our physical world that God wants us to save people from and wants us to do as saviors, as miracle workers, as deliverers that God wants us to do as solution providers because that is the calling upon us to go forth and do good and destroy the works of the enemy. But we need something very vital to help us to fulfill this. Very important. Let's start by looking at the scripture. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. Romans 8 verse 14. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. As many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. What does this scripture, what is it saying to us this evening? In order to know exactly what to do for people, you must be led by the Spirit of God. In order to know what exactly to do for yourself, you must be led by the Spirit of God. It's a waste of life, a waste of time and purpose when you are doing something that is totally opposite to what God wants you to do. When we talk about fulfilling destiny, it's all in bits and pieces. It's in working in God's will per time, per minute, per hour, per day, per week. And that collates and comes together as fulfilling destiny. So when you're already getting it wrong in your daily life, you know, every day you make mistakes, you know, that even cost people's, people some lives, some de their destiny. You know, you make mistakes that that you regret every day. You keep making mistakes and you're wondering why is this happening to me? Because you are taking the wrong steps and you're not being led by the Spirit of God. And this scripture says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you to know exactly what to do in your life and in the life of others, you have to hear God. Amen. You have to hear God. That's the sweetest kind of life to live. A life that hears God. 
By the help of God this evening, I'll be teaching on knowing the mind of God. You may want to say hearing God, whichever way it comes to you. Knowing the mind of God or hearing God. Knowing the mind of God or hearing God. When you hear God, it prevents you from making silly mistakes. It prevents you from making silly mistakes. When you know, when you hear God, you understand purpose every day. You walk in line with God's purpose, you know, and you live that kind of life that God wants you to live. And hearing God is not supposed to be something difficult. It's not supposed to be something far-fetched. But unfortunately, a lot of believers struggle every day with hearing God. They are not sure. They don't know what it means. Some have not, or feel they've not experienced it at one time, point in time or the other. Can I have the amplified translation of the same scripture, Romans 8 verse 14? It says, for all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. For all those, for all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are who? The sons of God. So there's a place of choosing to be led or not. Amen. There's a place of choosing to even want to hear God or not. The Passion Translation of that scripture says, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. So we can say you are a baby Christian if you are not moved by the Spirit. You are a baby Christian if you are not led by the Spirit. And that is why baby Christians makes a, make a lot of mistakes and do things that seem foolish sometimes which lead them to walk against what God has for them. Say, I'm growing up. I'm growing up. Glory to God. So as part of our normal lifestyle every day, we must seek to hear God. You must have a desire to hear God. That's the first thing I want you to note this evening. You must have a desire to hear him. You must have a desire to hear the Lord. You must know that you are short-sighted. You must not assume that you know what to do. Because the Lord is the one that created you and he knows the end from the beginning. And if you actually trust in him as a believer, then you want to know what he wants for you and follow it. Why? Because you know that the plans he has for you are plans of peace and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. Praise the Lord. So you know that the desires of God concerning your life, concerning your future, they are good things. They are not bad things. God doesn't want bad things for you. Sometimes some of us feel that, oh, what you want for yourself is just that best thing. You can't see beyond your nose. And sometimes there's a way that seemed right to man and it's destruction that is there. And it's only God that can save you from those kind of destructions. So, you must seek to hear God. You must have that desire to hear God. And many believers have that desire when it comes to who they will marry. Amen. When it comes to seemingly critical or major decisions in life. Oh, where do I live? In fact, most people is who to marry. That's the only time they want to hear God. And they want to know, Lord, what is your will in this matter? It doesn't come like that. By reason of views, by reason of practice, of hearing God on a day-to-day -day basis in seemingly small or unimportant things. And most of these things that you feel are not important, they are the things that matter most. They are the decisions that matter, that lead you in the right path. You're going out today, something says don't go. And you don't know what you've prevented by obeying that voice. And some of us have experienced otherwise. Those seemingly small things that you feel you don't need to involve God in, those are the things that are very important. And when you don't struggle with those things, and when it comes to the time to make major decisions in life, then it comes easy. It should be part of our lifestyle. It should not be a struggle to hear God and to know what God is saying. Praise the Lord. So you must have a desire to hear God. Not only when you are anxious, not only when you are in trouble, but in your day-to-day -day lives, in your going out and in your coming in, in the things you do every day, 
You must desire to hear God. Don't assume you know what to do. Desire to hear God. Pause. Don't be in a hurry to make decisions. Pause and listen and be led as a mature Christian. So the more you actually listen and you're led by the Spirit of God, that shows you are growing up as a believer. The less you give attention to what God is saying, then you are still far below. But we are meant to be growing every day. So you're hearing God. You're being led by the Spirit in the things you do. You're being conscious of that you know, leading of the Holy Spirit shows your level of maturity in Christ, your level of sonship. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Psalms 37 verse 23. NLT. Psalms 37 verse 23. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. The Lord directs the steps of of the godly. In other words, the righteous man. He says he delights in every detail of their lives. Can you see that? The Lord is interested in every detail of your life. Nothing is unimportant to God. Imagine the Lord that knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows it. He's interested in every detail of your life. So there's no aspect of your life that the Lord is not interested in. Everything you can think of. Every tiny aspect of your life. It is big in the eyes of God because he delights in it. He wants to make perfect that part of your life in every area. But there's something we need to be very careful about in our desire to hear God. Much more than hearing God, your desire must be to fellowship with him. Much more than hearing God, your desire must be to fellowship with him. Because some of us may have wrong motives of hearing God. Oh, you want to hear God to be able to say that I heard God. Also that when you are preaching, you can say on the 10th day of the, in the month of January at 3.55 p.m., the Lord spoke to me. That is a wrong motive. Your motive from hearing God should come out of fellowship with him. Your fellowship with God will produce those things. So it's a flow. So you don't, it's not just, ah, I'm praying now because I want to hear God. Of course, hearing God is part of what will happen when you pray and when you do some other spiritual exercise. But that is not the primary thing. The primary thing is your fellowship with him. In the place of fellowshipping with God, then you hear from him. I'm not saying when you don't fellowship, you know, consistently you may not hear. You may hear. But consistent hearing from God as a way of life comes with consistent fellowship with God. Praise the Lord. And that is how it works. So you must have the right motive for hearing, to hear from God. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 12. Verse 11 talks about the plans he has for us, that they are plans of peace and not of evil to give us an expected end, a future and a hope. The next verse 12 he says, then you will call upon me and go and do what? Pray to me. And I will what? Listen to you. When you pray to me, I will listen to you. Verse 13. And you will seek me and find me. When you search me with what? All your heart. Fellowship. Your heart is involved. We've, we've learned so much about that. So when you seek the Lord, you will find him. When you seek him with all your heart. So peradventure, some of us feel we are seeking the Lord, but you are not finding him. You are not getting those answers to the questions in your heart because you are not searching, with him, or searching for him with all your heart. So God sees your heart. Someone may be praying, you know, and you are seeing the person praying, you feel the person is praying. But God sees the heart of the person that the motive may even be wrong. So it's the Lord that judges those things, okay? So, but you must desire to hear him in the place of fellowship. And that comes from a desire to do the will of God. That comes from a desire to do what God wants you to do. So you are not thinking of what you want to do, what you want for yourself, but you are saying, Lord, in, because I've given my all to you, then I want to do your will in my life. So your life, your desires are all about the desires of God, not what you want. Praise the Lord. When what you want is what God wants, then you are getting it. But when you want what you want is what you want and not what God wants, then you are still far from me. So your desire must be what God wants for you. And that is what you desire to hear, not your will. And that means that, yes, you may even have 
a will. You should have a will. You have what you want. But as you grow with God, you realize that what you want is actually what God wants. And that's when you are delighting yourself in the Lord and it gives you the desires of your heart. But it's a process. So you must desire to do what God wants you to do, the will of God. Jesus said that it is written of him in the volume of books that he has come to do the will of God, the Father, not his will. Not his will. So when you are walking with God and you really want to hear him, then you recognize that he has a will for you. And you recognize that you have a will which may not be his will, but you want to know whether that's your will, is his will, or you have to align yourself to his will. Praise the Lord. So you must come to a point in your walk with God where you are willing to subject yourself to the will of God. Whether it's something you really want or not. But you are saying, Lord, because this is your will that I want to do it. Then that way you will hear what God wants you to hear. But when you go before God with an insincere heart and you have something there that you are not willing to let go of and you just want to say, Lord, this is what I want. or so you are stamp it. Then you cannot hear God. That is what many believers do. This is what they want. This is who they want to marry. And they are bringing it before the Lord. Lord, this is what I want. Oh yeah, stamp it. It doesn't work like that. God is not saying you should not have your will, but you must be able to leave aside your will and subject yourself to the will of God. That is where you can hear what God is saying. Otherwise, you will never hear. You will never hear. Or you will always think you're hearing what you want for yourself. So that desire is very important, and that will help us to be sensitive to the voice of the Lord when we are sincere, because God is not going to force himself on you. You have a choice in the matter if you allow him to lead you. Remember that scripture we read, Amplified? If you allow him to lead you, then he leads you to prove that you are a son of God. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. Proverbs 16, verse 3 says that you should commit your works to the Lord, I'm reading Amplified, submit and trust them to him and your plans will succeed if you respond to his will and guidance. Amplified Classic, roll your works upon the Lord, commit and trust them only to him. It will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will and so shall your plans be established and succeed. Can we see that? But you have, if you don't commit your ways to the Lord, then there's nothing he's going to do about that. He leaves you to do what you want. But you don't want to be left alone by God. You want to be led by God. So you consciously, you don't assume you've committed your works, your ways to the Lord. You consciously commit your ways to the Lord. Lord, I commit my way to you. In every area of my life, have your way. And that is when you involve him in those details of your life. But many of us keep God aside in most aspects of our lives. Then he leaves us to do what we want to do. And that's why we make mistakes that we later regret. See, I will not regret in the name of Jesus. You have to allow God. You have to commit your works unto him. But it's only, your plans will succeed only if you respond to his will and his guidance. He's there to guide you, but it's by choice. You can choose to respond. You can choose not to respond. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Don't be too full of yourself and think that you know more than God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart because these are reasons unconsciously that we don't hear from God or we don't even seek to know his will because you feel that you know what to do. And you don't. You have an understanding, but scripture is telling us not to lean on that understanding. When you trust in the Lord, then you are not leading on, leaning on that understanding because you are trusting in the Lord that gave you that understanding. You are trusting the Lord that knows more than you do. Is there anyone that knows more than God here? You can't, there's even no basis for comparison. We can't begin to compare the knowledge of God with what you know. Okay? Verse 6 says, In all your ways do what? Acknowledge him. And it will direct your path. So the direction comes when you say, Lord, I'm giving you um, the authority to have your way. What do you want me to do? And then it will direct your path. But when you don't acknowledge him, when you don't let him, you know, feel that, okay, I'm the one in charge of this person's life, then he's not going to lead you. He leads only those that are willing to be led. Amen. God leads and speaks to 
only those that are willing to be led. He doesn't force himself on people. And of course, we know he does that through the Holy Spirit and other ways which we'll see very shortly. All right, so you must acknowledge the Lord in your ways. And you are the one that will do that for yourself. You commit your ways onto the hands of God, then he will lead you. But you don't commit your ways into the hands of God, then you are not even conscious of his leading. You are not conscious that you want him to lead you. And he won't lead you when you don't do that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Another thing I want us to take note of is that as a believer, you ought to always recognize God's voice. You must recognize God's voice as a believer. You must have understanding that this is the voice of the master. It's the one speaking to me. You must not confuse the voice of God with the voice of the devil. You must not confuse the voice of God with your own thoughts. You must not confuse the voice of God with other things you've already put in your heart that try to, they are trying to mask the voice of God towards you. John chapter 10 verse 3. John chapter 10 verse 3. It says, it reads, to him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls them, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when verse 4, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep do what? They follow him, for they know his voice. They know the voice of their master. Every sheep knows and recognizes the voice without seeing the face. And that's what happens to babies too. Babies know the voice of their mom. And that's why they could be quiet somewhere, you know, and they've been expecting to see their mom or their dad or whoever they are close with. And they hear the voice of the person, they start crying until that person carries them. So you know the voice of the master. So that means there's something wrong when a believer doesn't recognize the voice of God. There's a missing link. And verse 5 says, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee for him, from him, for they do not know the voice of the strangers. Can you see? So they're able to recognize or differentiate the voice of God from the voice of strangers. So you must recognize the voice of our shepherd. You must be familiar with his voice. You must know when he's speaking. You mustn't be struggling to hear God. It must be something that you do every day, every time. And that is your reality in Jesus' name. You won't struggle to hear God in Jesus' name. So for you to hear when God is speaking to you, then you must be able to listen. You must have a listening here. Tell your neighbor you must listen. You know, as I'm talking to you, some people may not be listening. As I'm talking now, some people may not be listening. What makes someone not listen when the person is being talked to? That person's mind is on something else. I'm sure we've experienced it when you're lost in certain thoughts and somebody's talking to you or the other way around. You're not even hearing what the person is saying until the person eats you. That This is what I'm saying. You, have been, you are lost in what? Thoughts. So it is where your thoughts are that you are listening to. Pardon that phrase of English. So, when God is talking and your thoughts are fixed on something else, are you going to hear him? No. When God is talking to you, trying to lead you, trying to guide you, and your thoughts are fixed on something else, you will not, you will not hear because you are not listening. You are not inclining your ear. So, you are not, you are not getting what he's saying. Because your mind, as at the time is speaking to you, is busy on something else. Are we getting that? So practically, you can't hear him. And this happens to us on a day-to-day -day basis. So that is why some of us don't recognize the voice of God. Because our mind is fixed on something else. When you want to hear somebody, if I'm talking to you, then I must be, my mind must be fixed. I can, you can even be talking to me and I'm looking at you and doing like this. And I'm not listening to you. I can block you out. As you are talking to me, oh yeah, say what you want to say. But I'm not, I'm just, I'm not listening. It's not coming, it's not going in. Because I've chosen to put my mind on something else. So you have a choice in the matter. So don't allow your thoughts to just go anywhere. You have power to control your thoughts. 
You have power to control the direction of your thoughts. You are not lazy about your thoughts, just allowing it to go anywhere. No, you can bring your thoughts into perspective and say, oh, I choose to concentrate. I choose to incline my hair and I choose to be here in my mind and listen to what God is saying. Only then will you hear. So you must listen. If you don't listen, then you will not hear. And how do you listen? By putting your mind on God. By putting your thoughts on him. That is when you would hear what he's saying. Because that is the way to listen. So listening is with your mind. Not actually with your ears. Praise the Lord. You listen with your mind. It is where your mind is that will receive that thing that person is saying. So you listen with your mind. So when you say you want to listen to God or you want him to lead you, then that means your mind will continually be fixed on thoughts about him, about his word, about his promises. Despite whatever you're seeing around you, Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2, it says what? Set your mind on what? Things above, not on things on the earth. KJV says set your affections, set your thoughts, your mind, your thinking. So you can consciously choose what to think on. You choose what to think on. You set your mind on things above. The message translation of Colossians 3 chapter 2. Don't shuffle along. Eyes to the ground. Absorb, absorbed with the things right in front of you. It's talking about the things happening, the negative things. You just got bad news. You lost your job. A report from the doctors, you know. But it says what? Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. Glory to God. I love this. That's where the real deal is. That's where the truth is. That's where the reality of the matter is. See things from his perspective. So that is how to set your mind. That is how to listen to God. When you are always seeing things in the perspective of Christ, the finished word of Christ, what does it say about me? Oh, I'm more than conquerors. I'm, I triumph in every situation in life. And this situation is looking like, oh, you are now a victim. You don't have victory. But you don't keep quiet. You don't look down and take the position of a victim. You look up and speak to that situation and say, I'm triumphing over you because the word says, I triumph in all situations. That is what we are talking about. And that is God's word for you at that time. Because you are inclining your ear. You are fixing your mind on God's word, not what you are seeing around. You are not taking in, you are not absorbing the situations around you and the physical things that are happening around you, but you are setting your affection on God. And it says, center your affection on what is going on around Christ. That is where the action is. That is where the action is. Those great and precious promises that you have in Jesus, that is where your mind should be in. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, you must listen. You must listen. And we now know how to listen to God, isn't it? By fixing your mind on him. So, when you want God to speak to you, when you want to hear what he's saying, rather, then your heart is with him. Your mind is with him. You are present with him. You can actually have a one-hour prayer in your closets with God. And throughout, you were thinking of something else. Am I talking? You've wasted your time. You were thinking your mind and you just allow your mind. You must be in control of your mind. You start to pray. You start to pray. You think of that person that is supposed to send you some money. And you quickly look at your phone. You are praying. As this message coming, you are not listening. At that point, you can choose. And that's why phones, you know, you have a choice. Thank God there's DND and whatever works for you. You know, some people, but instead of struggling, you don't need to know when somebody's calling Put it on DND and focus on God Almighty and attend to those things later. Praise the Lord. So, apart from, so when you don't fix your mind on God or things above, then you miss out in hearing what God is saying. So, another thing that can prevent you from hearing the voice of God when He's speaking is when you are listening to other voices. Remember John chapter 10 that we read earlier, I think that's verse 5. The voices of strangers 
but you are able to recognize that this is a strange voice. That strange voice may be coming from your wife. Amen. Praise the Lord. That strange voice may be coming from a believer. That strange voice may be coming from your parents. That strange voice may be coming for your, from your best friend. That strange voice may even be coming from you, your, what you want, your fleshly desires. But you're able to recognize that this is a strange voice. This is what God is saying. So you must have the ability as a believer to recognize strange voices and not respond positively to them. It comes in different... A strange voice may be a situation. A circumstance that is happening to you is a strange voice and it's putting pressure on you. No money, no money, no money. Are you listening to that? No money, no money, I'm poor. Is that what you are listening to? That you cannot hear what God is saying. And what should be your response to these voices? You must have the right response to attack them, which is the word of God. Praise the Lord. The word of God is the right response to strange voices. The word of God, the great and precious promises that God has for you, is the right response to strange voices, to strange circumstances. Don't just keep going and say, hey, yeah. It's not a hey, yeah we are talking about. You rise up, look that situation in the face and say that I triumph over you because Jesus has given me the victory. I'm more than a conqueror. You speak it out out of your mouth. You respond to situations. You respond to strange voices that come into your mind by opening your mouth and speaking God's word to them. That is the practical response. Praise the Lord. And as you do that, you fix your mind on what you're saying and begin to fix your mind on what God is saying and you begin to hear what God is leading you to do at that time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Very important. So you must listen to God by fixing your mind on him and you must also be able to recognize strange voices and give those, attack those strange voices or situations with the right response. Then and only then can you hear the voice of your father. Praise the Lord. And of course, we know that we are always busy. Everybody's always busy. But in the midst of your busyness, your mind must be stayed on God. You must learn how to do that. No matter how busy you are with other things, physical things, which are necessary things, your mind must be set on him so that you can hear him when he's speaking to you. So that you can hear him when he's communicating to you. You know that as spirit beings, we, we are able to communicate with God because we are spirit beings. Because God is a spirit. Those that worship him must worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. So the reason why you're able to communicate with God is that you're a spirit being. So when God is talking to us, he's talking to our spirits. But our spirits is not what we express it. It is our minds. So if your mind is busy, what God is dropping into your spirit, you cannot, it won't come to your mind because it's so busy and you're not fixing it on him. Are we getting that? But when your mind is stayed on him, whatever the Lord is speaking to you, coming to your spirit, can easily find expression in your mind. And it comes in different forms. It can come as a thought. It can come as an emotion. You just feel, mm, I've, I've gotten ready and I'm going out. I just don't feel like going. That feeling of not going out just comes on you, overwhelms you suddenly. God is speaking. God is speaking. God is speaking. So it comes at you. But when your mind is busy and you are just busy thinking about so many things and in the midst of that business, you are not able to know how to keep your mind stayed on God, then you don't, you don't, when those kind of feelings come, you, they don't, you don't get it. You don't get what God is trying to say. So no matter how busy you are, you must make sure your mind is always stayed on God and so that you'll be sure where it's coming from, not just your own thoughts or a strange voice. Your mind must be stayed on him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The more your mind is stayed on God, the more you will hear the voice of God. The more your mind is stayed on God, the more you will hear the voice of God. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 talked about those that their mind is stayed on God. Because they trust in him. It keeps them in what? Perfect peace. Which is one of the signs when God is speaking to you. Your mind is stayed on him. And you have that peace 
concerning a particular thing you want to do that you've presented before the Lord. That is a way of God speaking, one of the ways of God speaking to you. So, your thoughts are fixed on God. Your mind is stayed on him, which is a proof that you trust him. Praise the Lord. And Colossians 3 verse 15 says, let the peace of God rule your hearts. The peace of God, it's what is dominating your heart. When the Lord is speaking and you're trying to make a decision and you are not at peace, you know. And when you are suddenly overwhelmed by peace, then you know that, yes, the Lord is giving you you know, you go ahead. And you know what happens so many times when you are even trying to make a decision, you are, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? You have to be able to focus and ask the Lord and choose one out of the two. The reason why many of us don't get to know, oh, this is what God wants is because you are always in between the two. But when you choose one, you cannot say, Lord, is it this one? So is it that you have peace about that one or not? But when you are in between the two, then nothing will happen. But when something, you're about to make a decision, and you are, okay, should I do it? Should I not do it? But you are not even having a stand on the matter. Then there's nothing, you are not even sure of what you are feeling. But if you say, okay, I, I feel that I'm being led not to do this, then that's when God can say, oh, no, you should do it. Or that's when you now have an urge to do it. Something would overwhelm you as long as your mind is stayed on him. So when you are confused in quotes or when you're not sure what to do about something and you the, the practical thing to do is to get your mind to be stayed on the Lord while you present what the issue is before him. As you are putting your mind on the Lord, things will become clearer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we want to quickly look at various ways that the Lord speaks to us. We've mentioned one or two already, but we'll just itemize them so that it can be clear. The first and primary way the Lord speaks to us is through his what? Word. The Lord speaks to us through his word, and that is very clear to us in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. The Lord speaks to us through his word. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is what? Profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for what? Instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, I'm sure if you look at some other versions, for the, it guides us. It helps us to know this is what to do. So, the word of God is the primary way. And other ways must and will align with the word of God. The other ways that God speaks to you. God cannot speak to you something that is opposite to his word because his word is his will. That's the written will of God to us, his written word. The word of God is his will. So his word comes to us. You're already, so you don't, many people have a you know, mindset that when they say they want to hear from God, they must hear a voice. You may not hear a voice, amen. So as you are listening to the word, in whichever way you are reading the word, you are studying the word, or you are listening to word from, you know, your pastors or from anyone at that, as long as it's the word of God, have a heart to hear God from that word. Amen. Because that is the primary way the Lord will speak to you. But many of us miss out. We just take it as formality. The word of God is coming. You are not seeking for that thing that the Lord has for you in that word. But the word of God has so much is doing in our lives to correct us, to guide us, you know, and to reprove us. And that is what the word does. So primarily, God speaks to us through his word. And every other way that God is also going to speak to us, you must, it must be tested by the word to know that, oh, this is true. Anything that is not in line with the word of God, then is not from God. Praise the Lord. Number two, the, the Lord also speaks to us through the Holy Spirit, through his Holy Spirit. When Jesus was going, he told us the Holy Spirit was going to come and guide us into all truths, teach us all things. You know, so it's through the Spirit of God that he leads us and guides us and speaks to us. And that is God's will for us. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10. So a smart Christian must know that he must have a close relationship with the Holy Spirit. 
This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. And that is us now, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Verse 11. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. Amen. So you know God for yourself. You know what to do. You are led of the Spirit of God. That was the first scripture we read. You are a son of God. Your sonship is proved, is proven by the fact that you are led by the Spirit of God. And you know what to do. So through the Holy Spirit, the Lord speaks to us. And we get what the Lord is saying when he speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. Number three, the Lord speaks to us through prophecies. Praise the Lord. The Lord speaks to us through prophecies. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 20, the Lord speaks to us through prophecies, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. And you just know when the word comes that this is me. This is me the Lord is speaking to. I read, do not do what? Despise prophecies. Don't look down on prophecies. Put them in high esteem. When a prophecy is coming, take it seriously. Don't say, oh, this is one of those things, prophet. No. And verse 21 says what? Test all things. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. That means every prophecy that comes must be tested with the word of God. Must be tested with the word of God. I can remember now that when, before I got married, there was, I can't, I was going somewhere and a woman, I think she was wearing white and all that. She came to meet me and prophesied that the relationship I was in was not God's will. I was saying so many negative things that will happen um, after, if I get married to him. Of course, that was pastor. So I, I didn't pray. I just ignored her because I just knew as she was saying that it was from the pit of hell. I did not need to pray. And that is why you must hear God for yourself. You must hear God for yourself. Very important. As a believer that has the Holy Spirit, when somebody is prophesying upon your life, and usually those people, your set man or the church that the Lord has planted you, it's not likely that that person would make a wrong prophecy over you. Not likely at all. Most of all these prophecies from experience come from people that are not, people that you are not directly under from experience. So, when a prophecy comes, you must know and have a witness in your spirit as a believer. Praise the Lord. And that is why you must know God for yourself. So, it's not about, oh, it's time for me to get married. These three women, these three names, or these three men, you take it to somebody. And, oh, yeah, pray. Which one of them? You are likely to get an answer from the pit of hell because any serious-minded and... Um, any serious pastor following God's will will not collect that kind of list from you. Will not. We'll teach you how to go and pray and hear God for yourself. So please don't fall into the trap of the devil. Praise the Lord. So the Lord talks to us through prophecies and we should not despise them. We should take them seriously when it comes. And you know that, oh, this prophecy is for me. Take it seriously. Whatever wisdom that you need to um, act out to make sure it comes to pass in your life, then you do it. Number four, the Lord talks to us through godly counsel. The Lord talks to us through godly counsel. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14, where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is what? Safety. So there's a strong place for the right kind of counsel, godly counsel in your life. And many people have um, used this wrongly. And some people, because of bad experiences also, they now neglect that aspect. When sometimes it's really what they need. So even if you've had a bad experience regarding counsel, then you don't cut it off. Because at some point in your life, that may be just what you need godly counsel from the right people, from your spiritual parents. Don't ignore it. 
you may just be saving your destiny where you go for that kind of counsel. Very important. The Lord also talks to us through confirmations. He can use other people to confirm. Even without telling people, they, would, they may say something, you know, that God has told you about just like that. Matthew 18, verse 16. Matthew 18, verse 16. The B part said, says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And we've had experiences like that when God uses other people to confirm. But you would have known. It's a confirmation. It's not them telling you that this is it. You know already, and as they are saying it, it just clicks that that is it. Praise the Lord. And of course, we talked about peace. The peace of God rules your heart. So when the peace of God rules your heart about a matter, you know. But when there's something happening and you're just not comfortable, there's a kind of resistance, there's a kind of not being sure about it, then pause and don't do that thing. That may be God speaking to you that you shouldn't go ahead in that decision. But when the, um, when the God of peace, when the peace of God rather rules your heart, then that is a go ahead. Praise the Lord. So the peace of God also. So let's quickly just look at a few things you can do to make sure your mind is always stayed on God. Because that's the secret. To know, to be able to listen to God, remember, your mind must be fixed on him. So constantly, of course, when you're in church listening to the word, let your mind be stayed on the word that is coming. When you're in your private meditation time or you're praying, let your mind be stayed on God by guarding your heart and making sure that your, your mind is in what you are doing. But apart from those times, anytime you're walking on the road, you know, and all that, remember you must, first of all, have a default state in your heart to always want to hear God. So as you go about your normal business, whatever you're doing every day, at the back of your mind, or should I say at the top of your mind, you want to hear God. You want God to be involved in your daily lives. And that's how you go about. You're seeking him as you're making decisions. And what a very fast way to get into letting your mind be stayed on God is by praying in tongues. Amen. By praying in tongues. You just start to pray in tongues. Or something, an information comes, you're supposed to make a decision. And you just don't know what to do. You pause. Present it before the Lord and start to pray in tongues. It helps your spiritual receiver. It helps your antenna to go up, to be able to receive what the Lord has in mind about that situation. So praying in tongues, very, very important. Another way you can also get your mind stayed on God is by getting into the word of God. Amen. You get into the word. You pick your Bible, you start to read, you start to meditate, you pick a message, you start to listen to it. You are aligning your thoughts and your mind is staying on him. And the process of doing that, you get what the Lord is saying for whatever situation that you may not know what to do. And of course, prayers, all kinds of prayers, all kinds of prayers. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. Are you getting something tonight? So whatever you hear will be in line with the word of God. Whatever you hear. And your mind must always be stayed on him. And you know, as you practice, then you start getting used to it. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. As you practice hearing God and doing what he says you should do. But solid food belongs to those who, have of, who are of age. That is, by those by who sorry, let's start again. But solid food belongs to those who have who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of words use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Knowing God's will is to know that this thing, I'm not supposed to do it. This thing is evil, this thing is good, even though it looks otherwise. So when you use that ability that God has given to you, you are led by the Spirit of God, and you hear what God is saying. You listen. You let your mind be stayed on him. You get what he's saying, and then you do it. That is very important. You do it, and you keep doing it. With time, you get to know better. You are more familiar. You know when God is speaking. So it's by reason of use. Praise the Lord. So when you hear God, you must obey him. You must take action. But when you hear God, you don't obey him. The next time he speaks to you again, you don't obey him. You won't get better at it. So you must always make use of every opportunity to hear God and obey him. Praise the Lord. And when you do that, you would also be able to decipher the voice of strangers to discern between good and evil. Praise the Lord. Have you learned something tonight? 
Hearing God is not difficult. Don't see it as something far-fetched that you cannot attain. In your everyday life, you must seek to hear God. And it will be a problem when you are making you know, major decisions in life because you are used to it. You've been practicing it. You've been practicing it. Rise to your feet with me this evening and thank the Lord for the word that has come. Thank him for the word that has come. Any light that has come to you this evening, say, Lord, I thank you for the light of your word. Thank you because I seek to know you more, to hear your voice in every detail of my life. Some of us have before now held back various aspects of your life. I want you to let it go to God. Let it go and say, Lord, I release every area of my life to you. I acknowledge you in all my ways. I commit my ways unto you in every area of my life. Lord, lead me. Lord, guide me. I commit my ways unto you, O God. Direct my paths. I choose to follow your leading and I commit my ways unto you consciously. Lord, please direct my paths. As you direct me, I follow you. As you direct me, I follow you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. I want you to pray for yourself tonight and say, Lord, I have hearing ears in the name of Jesus. I have eyes that see. I have a heart that understands where you're speaking to me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I have hearing ears, seeing eyes, and an understanding heart in the name of Jesus. I stay my mind on you, Lord, at all times. I listen for your voice, and I hear your voice. I know the way I should go. I hear that voice behind me saying, this is the way, and I know that is the way, and I don't make silly mistakes in life again. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I hear my, your voice voice and I follow you. Speak to the Lord. Speak to the Lord. Oh, I choose to hear your voice in everything I do and I follow you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your word as comfort today. Thank you because today is a turning around in the lives of your children. Some up to now have not been hearing you clearly. As you go forth, you begin to hear the Lord clearly in the name of Jesus. No more confusion. At every point in time, you know what to do in the name of Jesus. You recognize the voice of strangers and do not follow in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Lord, we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Shout a big amen. Glory to God.